0: This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. A Shepherd University professor is overseeing research to make aircraft communication more secure.
1: You're dealing with sentient uh, opponents, people who are uh, able to see what you're doing and then counter that. Uh, We're seeing a lot of this in the Ukrainian war.
0: That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Fraser. Two state troopers continue to recover after an exchange of gunfire left a Martinsburg suspect dead Sunday night. Randy
1: Yewey has more. After being shot four times, Trooper A.A. A. Bean remained hospitalized Monday afternoon in critical but stable condition. Trooper C.D. Spessart was shot once and was stable. West Virginia State Police Chief of Staff Major Jim Mitchell is hopeful Trooper Bean will survive. Mitchell says late Sunday night the troopers were attempting to serve an arrest warrant on 60-year-old Tobias Ganey at his Martinsburg home. Ganey refused to open the door or come outside. That left the troopers no choice but to make entry, and that's when gunfire began. We won't try to shoot someone unless we just have to. And in this case, uh, as soon as the, uh, the door was opened, they received fire. Ganey died at the scene. Mitchell says the warrant was apparently for Ganey committing battery against his neighbor. An incident investigation remains underway. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie. Pope
0: Francis recently announced that he formally approves allowing priests to bless same-sex couples as long as they are not for marriage or a blessing of communion. Brianna Heaney has the story.
2: The announcement comes as there are growing tensions between some conservative U.S. Catholics and the Pope. However, Mark Brennan, the Diocese of Wheeling-Charleston's Bishop, says this is not a radical change for the church. And this is something that parishes in West Virginia are doing and will continue to do.
1: So the change, I guess the change is becoming, is widening the scope of of uh, in our consciousness of who can receive blessings. But all the way along, I think people uh, have received blessings, whether they were any any kind of whatever union they were in, uh, heterosexual or homosexual.
2: Brennan says the document also reaffirms that homosexuality is a sin and that same-sex marriage is not supported by the Catholic Church. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brianna Heaney in Charleston.
0: A big shift is coming in how the country gets its electricity, according to a prediction from the U.S. Department of Energy. Curtis Tate has more.
1: Wind and solar together are poised to overtake coal next year in generating U.S. electricity. That's a prediction made this month by the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Renewables, including hydro, geothermal, and biomass, overtook coal for the first time in 2022. The federal agency forecasts a rapid expansion of solar in 2024, amounting to 37 gigawatts. Coal this year fell below 20 percent of the nation's electricity mix for the first time, ending 2023 at 17 percent. Next year, the federal agency forecasts it will fall to 15 percent. Natural gas will continue to be the nation's dominant fuel for electricity at 42 percent. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston.
0: West Virginia tradespeople and vocational students have until December 31st to win $12,000 by sharing what makes them proud to be a West Virginia skilled worker. Caroline McGregor reports.
2: State Treasurer Riley Moore is encouraging aspiring and established trade professionals to take advantage of an opportunity to receive a financial boost to their career savings. To enter, visit wvjumpstart.com and, in 250 words or less, answer the question What makes you proud to be a West Virginia skilled worker? This could include a welder, truck driver, or other profession. Contestants must also submit an original digital picture that best captures their answer. Up to 20 people will be selected to receive $2,000 deposited into a Jumpstart savings account. One of those will be randomly selected to receive an additional $10,000 grand prize. West Virginia residents must be 18 or older to enter, and entries must be received by the end of the day on December 31st. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor.
0: This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.48. A winter storm warning remains in effect in the eastern mountains until 10 o'clock this morning. Scattered snow through the morning with gusty wind, partial clearing in the afternoon, high temperatures in the 30s, partly cloudy tonight, lows in the teens and 20s, and sunny tomorrow with highs in the 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by the West Virginia State Treasurer's Office with the Smart 529 Program. Recognizing West Virginia's teachers through the Above and Beyond Project. More at WVTreasury.com. A Shepherd University professor is overseeing research to make aircraft communication more secure. His research was presented at the 63rd Annual Conference of the International Association for Computer Information Systems. It has also been published in several publications and is attracting the attention of the country's defense contractors. Assistant News Director Caroline McGregor sat down with Assistant Professor of Business Administration George Ray to talk about his cutting-edge research.
2: Professor Ray, thank you for joining me. Your research focuses on making the skies more secure, not only in the interest of the general public, but also from a national security standpoint. Tell me what motivated this area of study
1: Um, I started the most recent round of this research about five years ago. I was a a computer and communications officer in the United States Air Force for eight years. Um, Obviously, we were using different equipment. And then prior to that, I was in the uh, United States Marine Corps. And so quite a lot has changed. The ability uh, to use PCs to kind of collect data real time and uh, process it real time kind of got my interest, and that's when uh, I started working on it.
2: You talk about the National Airspace System, a network of controlled and uncontrolled airspace, both domestic and international. The NAS essentially has an enormous responsibility of managing air traffic. What role does cybersecurity play in the national airspace?
1: Shepard University has a uh, National Airspace Cybersecurity Laboratory, and uh, we consider the national airspace to be part of the national cyber infrastructure because the avionics that are used in air traffic management transmit digitally encoded messages over a data link service. We're focusing on collecting right now the communications in the airspace transmitted by surveillance radars, transmitted by aircraft, by GPS satellites. So we have a data-driven approach to analyzing the national airspace.
2: You commented that most people do not consider the airspace as a cyber system that is vulnerable to hacking attacks. What do you mean by this?
1: They realize that the national airspace is vulnerable to attacks, but it's not considered part of the cyber infrastructure. That's what we're saying is we look at this as being part of the cyber infrastructure very much like the networks you and I are using. And those are the ones that, you know, most of the uh, investment dollars from the National Science Foundation are going into is protecting things like power stations and data communication networks that we would use for finance and so on. But we think that this is uh, just as important an infrastructure, and it is a cyber infrastructure.
2: What are some of the different techniques used by hackers to attack the network? For example, the replay attack.
1: The replay attack is an attack where a hacker will record messages at one time and then replay them at a later time. So like in the national airspace system, they might record avionic traffic, ADSB, this automated dependent surveillance broadcast. And that's where the aircraft gives its state information, its position, its heading, its velocity. So you might have an aircraft look like it's heading into a collision with another aircraft. And it's a, a form of spoofing attack where and the hacker is pretending to be a legitimate node in the network. And in fact, they're there to cause uh, confusion.
2: What level of interest are you finding on the national level for your research?
1: We've had interest from defense contractors, and uh, they work on the national level. And, you know, uh just there was a headline in the New York Post, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about GPS hacking. And, uh, you know, the New York Post headline was uh, hackers are attacking the GPS and experts don't know what to do about it. So we're looking at things like that as well. And, some of the uh, research we're doing is we're looking at taking uh, radio frequency signals and then uh, decomposing them into their um, in-phase and quadrature components and then analyzing patterns in those to detect maybe if we have gps spoofing or even adsb spoofing going on
2: tell me more about other specific cyber attacks or hacking incidents
1: there's a couple of them. Let's start eavesdropping is one. Another is jamming, and that's where you have a denial of service attack where at a particular frequency, like, for example, ADSB transmits at 1090 megahertz, you broadcast a powerful transmission at that frequency, and it jams the communications. It, it, nothing gets through. And then spoofing, uh, again, is another hacker attack. It's where you pretend to be a, a legitimate node on the network, and the attack is where you create false position or other spatial information.
2: How difficult is it for the Air Force, as well as commercial pilots, to respond to these incidents?
1: The Air Force has a very good training program in this area, but um, you're dealing with sentient uh, opponents, people who are uh, able to see what you're doing and then counter that. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this in the Ukrainian war. You know, systems are effective for a while, but then countermeasures come into play and they lose their effectiveness. It's a definitely an ongoing competition.
2: So this includes attacks on satellite systems and capabilities. What other areas are prone to attack?
1: That's correct. GPS is a satellite system, and it's part of the GNSS, where there's several other countries that have put up s- systems very similar to GPS. And all of these systems are very uh, vital for transmitting information, so they're all vulnerable to uh, hacking attacks. And all of them transmit on certain frequencies that can be jammed.
2: With the addition of drones using the country's airspace, what are the risks for air traffic controllers already under intense pressure to provide communication support for
1: pilots? There's another side of the national airspace system and it's the commercial side, where we're not necessarily uh, worried about hackers attacking it, but just the uh, stable and effective operation of the system itself. Putting a lot of drones into the national airspace system is going to have a couple of problems. The main one is the air traffic controllers are already being overwhelmed. So one of the other things we're looking at at Shepherd University is we've built our own air traffic control system to see how we can apply artificial intelligence to help make the airspace more manageable by the air traffic controllers. We help with traffic congestion prediction, uh, traffic optimization, and also handling a lot of drone traffic coming in, unmanned aerial vehicles coming in. It's getting to the point where a person is no longer able to handle the air traffic that's going to be coming in in the near future, much less the drone traffic you add on to that.
2: How big is your team that is working on this research, and where do you see this research heading in the future?
1: Right now we're a fairly small crew, but we're also connecting with the defense contractors. So we could expand that pretty dramatically uh, because they have uh, a great deal of funding. The other thing is right now at Shepard University, we're building a uh, science DMZ uh, through a grant from the NSF, and this will enable us to share our data sets and coding with other researchers and access large government databases at NASA or DOD. We're making the steps we need to make sure we can get into this next level so we'll really increase the contributions we can make and therefore the staff we have working.
0: West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice... Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our Assistant News Director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.